Woo, the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow. Oh, what the hell? Why would I put my seltzer all the way over fucking there when I'm sitting here? All right, you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to grab my drink. Give me a second. I'll be right back. Okay. Don't worry, I'm still here. Just down in the dungeon. Woo. Grabbing my drink. Because you can't get through this shit without having something to drink. Mm. You know what I am going to try? So I'm generally a pretty low-carb guy. Um, so I don't drink like full-on sodas. I always drink diet sodas if I drink soda. But uh, I, I really think that, um, yeah, I got to try. I really got to try that, uh, that Pepsi Fire. Holy shit. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, let's get into the Q&A, shall we? Woo! Uh, of course, normally these come out on Wednesday. This one's coming out on Thursday. Trying to knock it out here actually pretty early because... I'm going to see Wonder Woman tonight. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Me and the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy are going to catch it. We're going to get the hookup. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, or, well, most of the reviews for Wonder Woman have been very, very positive. Very positive. I mean, no one's, like, saying it's the greatest movie of all time. And certainly I don't expect it to be, like, you know, uh, the classic, what, 78, 79 Superman. Um, you know, Christopher Reeves. But I, you know, I'm definitely excited for this. I mean, I, I really am. Of course, I, I haven't been... Uh, I, I've made no bones about that fact. Um, anyway, yesterday we did uh, the second, the, the second of two live uh, hangout Q and A's for Sovereign Tech, uh, which is a perk for Sovereign Tech patrons. Got some more new patrons this week. Honored to have you on board. In fact, a lot of people apparently are, are very new listeners um, to Sovereign Tech in general. So I appreciate you, you know, uh, digging the show, getting into the show. Uh, you're definitely in for a ride that uh, a very unique ride. I'll just put it that way. So, uh, yeah, so thank you to all the patrons, of course, for this. And, you know, I mean, I love this opportunity. You know, it's all very off the cuff. I don't generally, unless it really requires it, you know, admittedly, like, I mean, these are just simple Q&As. It's not something where where I, I mean, sometimes we do deep, deep dives and sometimes I do a lot of heavy research for it. But, uh, you know, these are these are very much meant to be, you know, more fun than anything else. Uh, got some I mean, just some dynamite questions yesterday. That was, that was funny as hell. So anyway, speaking of fun, um, another little perk that comes with, uh, you know, being a patron of Sovereign Tech, I do these little movie reviews. I get to really exercise my, uh, my geekiness a lot more on Patreon. And so uh, even though I, I always like the term nerd more, but whatever. Um, I usually do, it's become a, a bit of a tradition, I do reviews of the DC, you know, speaking of DC movies, like Wonder Woman, but uh, of the DC animated universe, because I consider them, you know, the movies of, of um, under that banner to be some of the best movies just straight up ever made. I mean, they're, they're, they're phenomenal. Um, and I did a review for the newest release, which is Vixen, which technically isn't a DC animated universe movie, but it is a DC animated movie. It's not even really a movie. It's actually a compilation of web series, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you can go back. It's just a couple episodes back from this one uh, if you want to hear that. Some people listen to these. In fact, I got great feedback. Well, I want to read the feedback. So I, I made a statement. I used a phrase during that. Uh, where I said kids gloves and I use that phrase incorrectly. And I just want to read from a, I just want to make sure the correction's known. And I, you know, I'm terrible for this. I like, I mix metaphors. I do that shit all the time. And, uh, anyway, I, I appreciated the, the, the correction. I just want to read it here. Uh, so I'm listening to the Vixen review and I noticed you were misusing the term kid gloves and saying kids gloves, kid gloves refers to gloves made of soft leather, usually from young goats called kids. The phrase is usually handle with kid gloves and means to handle something gently, delicately, gingerly, etc. Uh, it has nothing innately to do with human children, although it could be used to refer to someone handling a topic delicately when around children so as not to offend them, which I think is what you were trying to say, but it came out in a weird way. Yeah, so th there you go. And you know what? And honestly, I did not know that it was in reference to, uh, to goats. You know, to, I mean, yeah, because... Right, they're, you know, the kid where it's, you get the softest leather from. Um, love the reviews of these animated movies, even though I'm not a superhero fan and have never watched any of these. They're still very entertaining to listen to. Well, so, yeah, thank you for the correction. I mean that. Like, I, I really I really appreciate that. Uh, and, and I'm glad. I, I try to make everything, even if it's something you, you know, you as a patron, as a listener, just don't give a shit about. I really try to make it something that 
um, you know, that, that is still entertaining and that there's still some very unique insights and, and information in. Uh, so, you know, and, and also, as I've said before, I don't expect anybody to listen to every single thing that comes out on Patreon, um, you know, whatsoever, because there's a lot of shit that comes out. <laughs> okay. I, I release as much as I can, frankly. Uh, but I, I do appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate the correction and see, look at that. Look at that. You, you know, I'm wrong. Woo. I use it <laughs> or, or I'm incorrect in the usage of something. I happily admit to it and I, and I admit to it openly. So, uh, so yeah, I, I appreciate that. Don't, don't ever hesitate to ever call me out. If you, if you think I need a good calling out, uh, because you know, I really can take it. <laughs> But anyway, uh, all right, let's see. What, what's, uh, what I got next on the, on the dock here? Uh, okay, this is, yeah, this is a good one. Um, this has to do with, you know, it's funny. We're going to get into, we're going to talk a little, little cryptocurrency. We're going to talk a little torrenting, which seem to be both very popular topics uh, for Sovereign Tech in particular, but really around the world. So, and this is actually from the uh, community page on Patreon, which other, I know some new patrons have already made use of uh, and, and glad to see it. Uh, I, you know, I say this all the time. I really wish it could get to the point where I just interact on, uh, on Patreon. Um, in fact, you know who started a new Patreon? Um, and she's putting all of her content, like all of her writing. She has such a very, you know, really diverse catalog of content, not just audio, but also uh, writing and a, a whole bunch of shit, um, you know, videos, all this stuff. Um, MK Lords, who has been on Patreon episodes and, of course, Sovereign Tech Prime um, in the past, she is, as I've said many a time, she is just one of my favorite human beings on the planet. I mean, she is she is just so awesome. Um, and so I am, I am actually, I am a patron of, of her Patreon. Uh, I think it's just patreon.com slash MK Lords. Maybe I'll put it in the, uh, in the show notes for this episode. Uh, you know, I, there are a few people that I, you know, would, uh, how to put this without reservation that I would recommend, uh, supporting. She is one of them. She is just absolutely one of the best. She is the real deal. Uh, I mean, I, I could go, I could go on and on as to why, uh, <laughs> but I think just look at her content and you'll, and you'll get it. I mean, it's, and it's so cool to have a central hub of her work because she's been doing this shit long before me. I mean, and, and, and she's just, man, just fearless, <laughs> fierce as hell. I, I, I love it. Uh, so anyway, do check that out. Um, all right. So let's see, let, let, let's, let's get to the, the question here. Yeah. Oh, right. I was saying that I wish everybody would just interact with each other on Patreon. Uh, yeah, maybe that'll become a thing. You know, in fact, just real quick, uh, they came out with the numbers. I mean, Patreon has really become a success story, not just for Patreon itself. In fact, for Patreon itself, it's not so much a success story, but I think for 2016, they said that they they did a, they paid out like $150 million to, to creators. And there's only like 50,000 some odd accounts. I mean, like, it, it, or if I, if I remember correctly, I mean, it, it was just, it was ridiculous amounts of numbers. Now, we know that Patreon takes like a 5% cut. So that, you know, kind of equates to that, that Patreon, the company made shy of $8 million and that's it, you know, and for, for a company that's really doing so much, in my opinion, I mean, that's kind of small potatoes. It's not bad, but that's almost cottage industry, right? <laughs> I mean, so, uh, but yeah, obviously they're putting out a lot of those numbers. They want to get, you know, investors on board and everything. And I hope they get them uh, because I think it's one of the most important projects going out there. Um, I recently got invited. I don't know if every Patreon creator, not, not just patron, but Patreon creator like myself, um, I, I don't know if everybody got this invitation, but I got invited to something called the Patreon community, which is only for creators. And it's to, it's like a, a forum for everybody to kind of talk about ideas and whatever. Um, they asked me like when I was filling out the form for it, uh, for the invitation, you know, cause they invited me, I, they said, what's your biggest problem with Patreon? And I said, you don't accept Bitcoin or Zcash. I said, you, you know, get on board with Bitcoin and, 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 you know, I, I can't really think of many other issues that I have. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I'll, I'll certainly be making a stink for, for cryptocurrencies about that. We'll talk about cryptocurrencies here in a minute. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about the torrents first. So, cause we did talk about them last week. We talked about the war on torrents and I gave you a bunch of, in last week's Q and a, um, gave you a ton of links of, of torrent sites to go to and to check out. Um, 
all ones that don't need a, a invitation either. I mean, there's plenty of those that are invitation only that are a lot, a little more secure. Uh, but I, I can't really like hand out invitations to a lot of these sites to every one of my patrons. So, and I don't want to really do a, like a lottery thing. So anyway, I just gave you the ones so that, you know, you can just go to and you can, you know, get your shit, uh, get your shit and get out. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. So here it is. Uh, hi, Brian is the war on torrents continues. Would love to hear your views on streaming content via Kodi. For example, uh, private internet access VPN running on a Fire TV or slash cheap Android box with Kodi preload or Kodi loaded um, seems pretty solid to me. Am I missing something? Okay, so this is this is really a, a, a huge conversation being had right now. Um, over you know like considering that. How torrent sites are constantly going down. You know, could you just use media software like Kodi that can connect to a bunch of different services and just stream from that? And the services could always kind of change in the back end or whatever else. And that's the way that that you could just watch movies. Um, and also, like the boxes that come, like say preloaded, like those cheap Android boxes that the listener mentioned, um, that you know, that come preloaded with Cody and like are all set, ready to go to start pirating some movies and whatever else and stream them. Um, I mean, these, these are hot topics. Uh, in fact, we didn't get to the story last week on, it was episode 227 of Sovereign Tech. We didn't get to the story, but um, there was a story that Facebook is in their, you know, they have their marketplace now on Facebook, but Facebook is not um, allowing the sale of those kinds of boxes. Uh, at all, like you, you really, you know, how, how exactly they know about that? Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of up in the air. I, I, or, well, there's there's ways they know, but anyway, that that's that's not important. Uh, but we know in the UK that entire like warehouses have been raided that have that have uh, had these devices with uh, Cody say pre-installed and you know for sale for like a hundred bucks or something, uh, you know, depending on what the conversion rate is to the pound, of course. Uh, but I mean, this is, this is something that, that people are really afraid about. They're kind of the modern version of, um, you, you know, of like of hot, what they called hot boxes. And I'm not talking about pussies. Okay. Uh, hot boxes as in cable boxes that could descramble HBO and Showtime and all this. It's really like the latest version of that. Um, now, I don't really have a problem with them. I mean, in Cody, Cody, of course, is the newest version of what used to be called XMBC, uh, which is just this kind of like media player layer that kind of, that takes over your entire OS, which, whatever you happen to be running. Um, I, I really don't have an issue with this sort of thing. Like, I mean, I, I, I think it's fine. I think Cody is actually a really great project uh, that's, that has a rich history, uh, certainly in the tech world um, and, a, and a good one. And it's been around for, you know, for some time now. I mean, it was originally designed, I think for the original Xbox, if not the original Xbox, the Xbox 360 was originally what, what Cody was meant uh, or, you know, was being developed for uh, to turn it into a more serious media player. Um, boy, I miss the days of cracking shit on the original Xbox, like way, way back. I had one. I, there, there's a lot of brilliance in that machine that, that people don't respect. I know a lot of people just call it the Halo box. Because that's pretty. That's usually what people think of that anybody played on it was just the original Halo. Uh, it was a lot more. Microsoft was really doing a lot of experimentation with that stuff that I think is just now going to come to fruition. Uh, in fact, this week was Computex in Taiwan. Um, I might talk about Computex a little bit and things that were announced. There were some interesting things announced. A lot of Windows MR stuff, a lot of other things uh, that were announced there that I might bring up on the Sovereign Tech Prime episode this week. But anyway... Um, let's see. So yeah, so Cody, you know, these boxes with Cody on them and, and just doing streaming instead of necessarily torrenting. So there's one, I, again, I think it's fine. Okay. There's one sort of initial problem with it. And that is like really people that just stream instead of actually, uh, like torrent content, they're really just leechers. So, so in torrenting, you have cedars and you have and you have leechers. Cedars of torrents are people that, and you know, it's not just one person. It's or I mean, sometimes it could just be one person, but usually it's a multitude of people that have all downloaded, say, uh, an album or a movie or something like this. Um, and the cedars are the ones they have complete copies, and they are allowing people to download from them on on torrents. Okay. 
Now, anybody that just streams, like say with a Cody box of some kind, uh, they're really they're really just a leecher. A leecher is somebody who just like downloads the entire thing, but then pauses it and doesn't upload it all. Does doesn't share in the uploading process, uh, except for during the time frame in which they're downloading it as well. Um, you know, the magic of torrents, right? So there's a little bit of a you know, I mean, there's there's kind of a a, a social stigma or a community stigma, if there's a torrent community, there's kind of a community stigma around uh, people that just stream because really they're just leechers, you know? Now, I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with that. I mean, you can you could consider it division of labor. Not everybody needs to give up bandwidth. Maybe not everybody can give up bandwidth considering the other things they may need to do with their internet bandwidth, okay? You know, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, like there's that, you know, the, the point the person's making, is it a solid solution? Absolutely. It's totally solid. Cody on, on a Fire TV stick or on whatever platform you could put it on, you put it on a Raspberry Pi, I don't care, whatever you put it on. Like, yep, that works great. Uh, and you don't necessarily have the issue of uploading. You don't have uploading problems, which is where the legality becomes a, you know. So in most countries around the world, and there's countries with varying laws, okay, but in most countries around the world, it's illegal to upload. It's not illegal to download something. It's just illegal to upload. Like that's where the real issue, uh, you know, comes in. Uh, now, some people want to, you know, there's a gray area on what's a f- upload and a download. And it's such a legal morass. You, you know, it, it's almost impossible to really talk about without having a lawyer next to you. But anyway, so streaming has the advantage of largely just being uh, a download. And so it, it skirts a lot of legality, a, you know, a lot of uh, what's considered illegal. Um, so, you know, there's an advantage as far as that goes, certainly. But again, that advantage is seen by some people in the torrent community as kind of a slap to the face. Because it's like, oh, well, you're not going to contribute your bandwidth. You know, well, we'll screw you. Right. That's how some people feel. I mean, there used to be a thing where like some torrent sites like Demonoid used to be really famous for this, where they would cap like they knew because they had their trackers. They knew how much you were you were downloading and how much you were uploading. And if your download and upload rate weren't like 50 50, um, they would start, you know, like they would they would give uh, give you access problems to torrents on their sites. So, you know, understand that, that like that's that's one aspect of this. The other aspect is, is that and, and this is, you know, so I mean, that's like really the only negative, I think, is that you're not really contributing to the community overall because of that. That's really the only negative for me. You know, part of the one of the major reasons that I still torrent and I don't just watch everything on Netflix. Granted, one of the problems with Netflix is that you don't have constant access to things. But this is why I I torrent. It it speaks to that all the same. Um, For me, like part of the reason that I torrent stuff is to is really to just get rid of DRM. It's not like I won't buy these things. Okay, like I have a you know Star Trek Beyond. I have that on Blu-ray. Like if if it's a movie I love. I'll fucking get it. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll lay down the cash. I have no problem with that. Okay. Uh, but I better fucking love it. You know, and do I go to theaters? I go to theaters all the time. In fact, in the past few months, I, I've gone more weekend on more weekends than I haven't. And I, hell, I'm going to go tonight. Okay. You know, I have no problem spending money on things. I torrent largely because I, I feel like I should be able to own you know, what, what I buy or what I've bought or whatever, you know, and, and not have to worry about DRM keeping me from really being able to own it and do what I want with it. So torrenting, you know, being a part of, you know, taking part in the torrent community is just a great way to, to, to get past DRM, which is, in my opinion, it really is, it's completely fucking unethical, you know, like, I mean, because DRM is, is like this attempt at a, at a false scarcity, you know, I mean, you could say, well, well, a band can put DRM in a CD however they want and blah, blah, blah. Well, not really, because a lot of times DRM actually breaks. You know, this is a classic case. Uh, it was the album, the first album from Velvet Revolver. OK, this would have been back in the in the mid aughts. All right. Velvet Revolver, of course, Scott Weiland, you know, Slash, all that. Um, the first the first album from Velvet Revolver had an experimental DRM on it. That, as far as I know, never got used again. And you know why? Because there were entire CD players. There was all kinds of CD playing hardware, okay, 
you know, optical hardware that couldn't play the disc. Yes, that's fucking unethical if somebody lays down $18, which I did as well, because again, I'll buy music. I laid down $18 for that fucking CD. This would have been back, what, 04 or 05, something like that. And it wouldn't play in one of my CD players. No, it is not incumbent upon me to go out and buy a CD player that is somehow compatible with this new bullshit DRM. It's incumbent upon the band to not let their not let anything get in the way of their fans to their music. You understand? So I, I think DRM is just like it's straight it's a bad idea and in many ways, like it it's I think it's downright unethical, you know? Um so I torrent largely to get past DRM, but I still want to own the thing, right? But now that's a mindset. That's not saying there's anything wrong if you don't want to own shit, okay? I mean, you, you know, you're just a communist. Uh, or, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you're not a communist. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, you get my point. Like, so, so streaming is, is a solid notion if you don't actually want to own, um, you know, what you're trying to access, the content you're trying to get. Me, I'm, I'm just a big, I'm a big guy on, on having like offline access to shit. I'm a big guy on, on being able to, I mean, maybe it's because, I don't know, I spend too much time camping or being out in the country or something. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I want access to it. And, and also I'm a content creator and like I totally, you know, take and remix from shit that I love. And so I like to be able to, you know, include that in, in, in my projects and what I do. Um, you know, and take screenshots and, you know, and, and, and all the rest of it. So yeah, that, that's a matter of personal taste. Again, the only, the only part that, that really, you know, could be seen as a negative as far as like, you know, having, having a pre-installed Cody box or putting Cody onto some, you know, be it a fight, like I said, a cheap Amazon fire TV stick or on a, on a raspberry Pi or something is that you really don't contribute to the community that is making streaming possible. Um, I mean, you could say that you're contributing by buying the hardware, but you know, I mean that, you know, how well do you know where, where that, that money is going? Right. Uh, so, so that, that's, that's the only negative. I agree. You know, running Cody on something is, is, is a fine solution. I totally recommend it. I mean, and Cody's great, not just for streaming. Cody's great for, if you have offline content, you know, if you, if you have a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, on your hard drive, Cody's fucking awesome, you know? Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I totally support, you know, what you're, what you're putting out there. And, you know, just to, just the use of those devices. I think that's, uh, I think that's great. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in the war on torrents, yeah, it's getting bad because like sites are disappearing all the time and whatever. And if, and if, I mean, Cody could be really exciting because it could be sort of that decentralized hardware, kind of like, what is it? What is that? D plus plus or DC plus that where there's no site, you just get straight access to like a repository of torrents. Like that, that's definitely a wave of the future. You know, that's decentralized, uh, access, shall we say to torrents as to where, you know, usually going to the pirate bay or something like that is more centralized access. Uh, so, you know, with Cody, you know, offering that, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's certainly a, a great backup tool and, and definitely the, the direction things are going. I mean, most torrent clients now offer like streaming playback anyway, while you're downloading it. And then most people just delete it. They really don't, you know, uh, they don't seed it uh, as much as they leach it. So whatever. Anyway, that's, that's, that's long been a problem of seeders and leechers and <laughs> yeah. So, but not, I'm not saying that's something you really have to worry about. Um, okay. So let's get into some cryptocurrency. Let's get into some Bitcoin, all that good stuff. Um, you know, uh, just a real quick comment. Like I'm kind of shocked. People are talking about, so what did Bitcoin do during consensus during the, there was the, the event in New York city consensus 2017, uh, which some argue is like the biggest Bitcoin event in the world. Okay, whatever. Or, you know, the biggest crypto blockchain event in the world. Um, the, what, what did Bitcoin do? 2,700? It was like kissing 3,000. And then it went down to 2,200. And people are like, oh, correction, this is terrible. It's all failing. I, I can't believe that. No, it's still worth like $2,200, $2,300. What the fuck are you talking about? That's fantastic. <laughs> you know? Uh, people kill me. <laughs> and Zcash, Zcash did a hell of a hell of a rise, um, which we're going to be talking about Zcash in a future Q and A, maybe even a future Prime episode, because there's some interesting developments, uh, maybe not positive, you know, ones uh, for you know, depending how you look at it, uh, for for Zcash that uh, that that I will be talking about. But um, anyway, you know, I'm not saying don't invest in Zcash. I'm just saying we're you know we're going to talk about some developments. So here we go. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, and yeah, okay. So Brian, reading here. Brian, I have been following Mark DeMiesel for some time and now, and 
uh, some time now and his investment theory. So Mark Demiesel is a guy I've actually hung with quite a bit. Um, nice guy. And he's, he's been one of the rare guests on Sovereign Tech over the years. Um, he was on an episode, boy, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that, that, admittedly, that was like two years ago. I think it was he and I were hanging out at Porkfest. And, you know, he, anyway, he was on the show. He was, you know, he was one of those guests that was actually in studio. It was, it was awesome. Uh, the show was a lot of fun. And Stephanie was on. It was, it was a great time. So anyway, um, he is very much an active trader trying to predict ups and downs and cash out with the right timing. For some years, and actually, I'll, I'll stop there for a second. Mark Demiesel also makes his entire investment portfolio. Uh, it's totally open. Like, he lets anybody kind of look at it, which uh, I, I have a lot of respect uh, for him for doing that. For some years, reading on, I had done some rudimentary study of conventional investing, and it seemed to me that the wisest mantra is buy and hold, and market timing is a fool's errand. Perhaps crypto is a more quote-unquote pure market that allows a cleaner form of investing. And if you live in some countries that lack certain types of taxation, short-term crypto trading and move in and out of cash positions can make sense. However, I fail to see how U.S. crypto traders wouldn't have difficulty maintaining high ROI, uh, of course ROI is return on investment, given the taxation hurdles of short-term trades. Further, uh, isn't part of the value here diversifying outside of the dollar? Long-term, would I rather hold crypto or fiat? That's, a, that's one of the questions. Yes, I may be experiencing gains in some crypto holdings, but I am going to, but am, I am going to cash out to dollars? Again, another question mark. Uh, maybe temporarily until I can buy back the crypto at a lower USD price, but that strikes me as a dangerous gain. Crypto is an unprecedented investment opportunity, so trying to look at historical performances, I worry, may lead to mistakes. I am more prone to buy and hold for the long term. Curious to hear your thoughts for crypto investors. Okay, so I am not in any way any kind of professional investor. Um, I am sharing my own thoughts. This is not necessarily investment advice. Uh, you know, just putting out the, sadly, the legal disclaimer out there. Um, I've had some very kind uh, <laughs> some very kind comments sent my way. Uh, people calling me the crypto Warren, uh, Warren Buffett, <laughs> which I've talked about on Sovereign Tech Prime episodes. Um, I'm honored by that. Uh, admittedly, yes, I have been saying, you know, what interests me, Zcash interests me. And if three weeks ago you were getting into Zcash at $60, well, Zcash went up by a few hundred percent um, in the past, like couple, you know, past week or so where, you know, now instead of $60, now it's, it's valued at, at well over 200. Um, in fact, it, it was kissing like crazy high prices. I think did it do three or four, like it, it re really, really went up there. Um, and the person who actually called me the crypto Warren Buffett said, if he's right about Zcash, wow, you know, and well, what do you think? So <laughs> anyway, um, I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, uh, but I, like I'm really not. I, I don't. I don't deserve that that title at all because I don't. You know, like there's so few cryptos that I actually really pay attention to. I mean, there are so few. Years ago, I used to pay attention to a lot of them, like everything that would kind of come out. Um, and I I play kind of the game that this emailer or this messenger is describing. Uh, but yeah, you know, overall, I mean, like there's a few questions in this, but I'm I'm going to break them down. Um, yeah, the hardest. So the problem in the U.S. with doing a lot of your in and out cash positions, like the like the messenger talked about, is getting out to cash. Like getting converting your crypto into cash is a very risky operation. Um, no matter how you go about doing it, be it local bitcoins, uh, um, you know, or Coinbase or whatever. Okay, it's a very risky proposition in the United States. Uh, in my opinion, I know in other parts of the world, very different, you know, there, there's like whole banks and exchanges or whatever else that you can work with that'll, that'll get you the hookup that'll, you know, that'll cash you out into the uh, national currency that you happen to be in. Um, so yeah, in the US, I, I agree, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, to, to really do that. Um, the best, you know, the only uh, uh, analogous thing you could do to that is, you know, transferring it to another crypto. But even then, you can only hold that really so long. Um, one of the things, and I know no exchange is really ever going to do this because I think it would create some really legal issues. Uh, if, I, if I were an exchange, I, 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 I think it would be kind of brilliant to, um, I mean, and this is almost impossible to do, but you know, for a website could pull it off, but the, there's a lot of risks involved with, with an exchange doing this because an exchange could just take the money and run. 
but like I would, you know, I think it'd be interesting if an exchange did some kind of like pegging to have, have their own little coin or credit on the exchange. And maybe an exchange does this and I just don't know about it. That's entirely possible. But, you know, have some kind of pegging where it's pegged to the U.S. dollar's price no matter what, you know, no matter what the fluctuation and it allows you to kind of hold something at the value of the U.S. dollar that you could use as purchasing power again. So it'd be credit on the exchange itself, and that's the only place it would have value. Um, you know, and, and, and it, w- it would kind of like hold that and allow you to, to purchase things based upon, you know, you know, messing with or based upon how they stand, how they're stacking up against the U.S. dollar. Um, that would be an interesting thing for an exchange to have. But again, I think the SEC would be on them like no tomorrow if they did that. And you have the risk, like I said, that the exchange would just cash out of that because, I mean, that would just be a huge thing of money. They have absolute direct central control over that. It kind of defeats the purpose of, of cryptocurrencies. But then, you know, like like these these kind of crazy plays and in investing really stand against the very notion of cryptocurrencies as well. Uh, I might talk about that more in a second, you know, kind of the, the, the note, the idea of investing with cryptocurrencies, because I think there's actually an inherent problem with that. There's nothing wrong with you doing investment plays with, with cryptocurrencies. I'm just saying in the very long term, um, there's an issue with speculation and investing with cryptocurrencies. Okay. Uh, nothing that's going to make you lose money. It's just something that, that affects cryptocurrencies in the abstract. All right. So I'll talk about that in a second. Let, but you know, again, this, this is, it doesn't change anything I'm about to say to you. Uh, and it doesn't really matter towards it so much either. So, um, yeah, long-term, what I, let's see, or further, isn't part of the value here diversifying outside of the dollar? Yeah, that kind of speaks to the point I wanted to just raise, <laughs> is that, you know, all right, so I'll address it now. Okay, I'm not going to save it for after. I'll address it now. Yeah, like, th- this is a big problem um, that, and I've talked about it for a very long time, for years on Sovereign Tech, and that is we really need to get to the point, okay, as cryptocurrency users, at some point, we should get to where a car doesn't cost $30,000, it costs three Bitcoins. Do you get what I'm saying? Not that three Bitcoins is worth, ten, or not that a Bitcoin is worth $10,000 a piece to where three Bitcoins is $30,000, but to where a car is priced in Bitcoin, not based upon Bitcoin's price as compared to the U.S. dollar. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, you, you know, we, we've got to start pricing things in crypto and not giving a rat's fucking ass about, about you know, its comparison in value to the U.S. dollar. That is a huge problem with crypto, with cryptocurrency, is that right now every single one of them is, you know, is really based uh, upon the U.S. dollar, like, and their or their value their value based upon a national currency, that's that is a huge fucking issue that nobody wants to talk about. Like, it really has to get Bitcoin in particular to really be the monies of the future needs to get away from that value, you know, of of basing its value upon, you know, the what the you know what its its speculative value is in U.S. dollars. Not a new thing for me to say. I've been say, I used to say it on Free Talk Live years ago. I've said it on Sovereign Tech back when I used to talk crypto a lot more and all that, is that we've got to get to that point to where the U.S. dollar is meaningless, where every government-issued currency is meaningless, where we are pricing things on crypto itself. Now, part of the problem is we don't really have a free market to where you could actually do a gen- – I don't know that you could do like price discovery, okay, with a cryptocurrency, Right. Like like you don't have the market to where you can where you can find out, Okay, well, like how much Zcash does a person think a pen is really worth, you know, or how much Bitcoin is, is, you know, buying a pack of pens, you know, really worth. Like, what does that take shape as without using the U.S. dollar as as, you know, as as the value, as the bottom line value? So, uh, yeah, I I agree. You know, the, the point is to get away from the dollar, but that's not happening anytime soon. Because that's because people today, uh, I'm not I'm not going to go too far into this, but I, I just want to say, like, look, today people are not interested in cryptocurrency for cryptocurrency's sake. They are interested in it as a speculate a speculative investment uh, uh, situation. And you know the, the 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 emailer here is absolutely right in saying that yeah, it is a tremendous opportunity for for investment. But also understand that kind of state. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you investing in it. Look, I do this stuff too. Okay, I'm just saying that. 
it stands in contrast to why we want cryptocurrency in the first place. Okay, you know, is, is to be, I mean, and some people argue that, there, in fact, there was an article in The Atlantic that amazingly talked about the global ANCAP revolution, how Bitcoin is going to become this like new authoritarianism, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we'll probably talk about that in the Sovereign Tech Prime episode coming up. Um, but, you know, there's some people that want to argue that really all Satoshi was doing was building more of a money transmitter instead of an actual money. I don't agree with that, though. I don't, I don't, I don't see in his writings or anything like that where that's what he had in mind. He was talking about owning your fucking money. And so Bitcoin is, you know, I mean, in my opinion, the best, you know, the best, uh, uh, like if you want to explain Bitcoin to somebody, I've always said this, my, my favorite one is to say it's PayPal and the U.S. dollar in one. Like it, it, it's the trans, it's the money transmitter because again, there's no PayPal dollars. It's the U.S. dollar. All right. It's the money transmitter and the money at the same time. You know, and, and that's that's what that's what Bitcoin is. And now you have people that are saying, no, Bitcoin was just always meant to be PayPal, where it's just the money transmitter. No, 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 no. Horseshit. That, that there's it was never I don't think it was ever thought of that way. So but also, you know, after a fashion, that is what it, that that is what it has become. It's not money anymore. Now it's just the, the money transmitter. I mean, you could say, well, it's a reserve currency of a type and blah, blah, blah. Well, Whatever. Anyway, that, that's that's a whole that's a whole other conversation. But my point being is that if the purpose was, and if I have to break out the quotes, I can. If the purpose of cryptocurrency was to give people something that they can own themselves, their own kind of money, they really don't have that right now. All they have is something that plays off the U.S. dollar, and that's that's kind of bullshit. But whatever, regardless, because it is that, because and all cryptocurrencies are kind of that right now. Um, yes, it is a tremendous time for for you know building wealth and investment opportunity. I agree with that statement completely. So anyway, uh, long term, would I rather hold crypto or fiat? Uh, um, I mean, ethically, long term, you want to hold crypto. Uh, I you know personally, and and this is, I mean, this is just I'm I'm, I'm giving a very broad opinion. Um, I don't think the governments of the world are ever going to go anywhere. I don't think the U.S. dollar is going to go anywhere. In fact, I, I love the old saying that the U.S. dollar is proof of violence. You know, Bitcoin's proof of work, right? Ethereum's proof of stake. Uh, you know, Bitcoin is, or I mean, the U.S. dollar is proof of violence. And, and I think it's a great point. And, and it, it speaks to a larger abstract point, which is that, you know, the U.S. dollar is really its value comes from nuclear weapons, like, and, and, that, and that's, the, it's not, I'm not the first person to say this, but, you know, he who has the nuclear, you know, you know, he who has the nuclear weapons has the money. Like, like, I mean, you know, really the, the greenback being the, you know, the reserve currency of the world uh, is totally based upon the fact that, that U.S. has the nukes and it will always, the greenback will always have, you know, the dollar, U.S. dollar will always have value as long as the U.S. government has nuclear weapons. And so in the, and I, and I don't think that any of that's going to end up going anywhere anytime soon. I do not, I really don't agree with a lot of people that say, oh, the U.S. is heading for an economic collapse. They've been saying that forever. It never happens. It doesn't even really, it doesn't even remotely closely, closely happen. You say, well, what about the 2008, you know, the, the housing crisis and crash and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. They have the nukes. <laughs> the money wasn't going to lose value. <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to happen, folks. It'll never fucking happen. You know, as long as long as there's armies and, and all this shit, it's just not going to happen. That 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 money is always going to hold some kind of value. So, realistically, pragmatically, fiat, you know, at least with the U.S. is you know the U.S. dollar is always going to hold some kind of value. The same cannot be said of crypto. However, okay, however, because of the open source nature of a lot of crypto, that kind of acts as its own bulwark in that it can always hold some kind of value. Um, but is it going to perform necessarily the same as the U.S. dollar? I don't know if I'd make that claim. But yes, myself personally, you know, just saying what I what I would do. Yeah, I'd, I'd hold in crypto, but I'd be very particular what those cryptos are. They'd have to be cryptos that to this point have some kind of history or the way that the crypto was brought into existence had nothing to do with um, whales and, and, you know, ICOs and all that. Which is why, even though Zcash is so is technically so new, you know, it's not even what a year old. Because it didn't rely upon investors to come into existence, I have a lot more confidence in it. Because it didn't do an ICO, because it didn't do any of that bullshit, 
I have a lot more confidence in it. And, and that's, you, you know, and, but other, cause other than that, in fact, I talked about this on the live Q and a or hangout Q and a, uh, last night, you know, I, I said, it was like, cause somebody asked me like, what other ones do you care about? I was like, well, it's Bitcoin, Litecoin, Zcash. That's, that's kind of as far as I go, as far as ones that I'm intrigued by and ones that I think, you know, have some, I mean, look at Litecoin. That's incredible. It's a, I mean, it's almost a carbon copy of Bitcoin and it's still going. And now, you know, Coinbase is accepting it and, uh, uh, you know, yours.network is going to start using it to create their micropayment system. I mean, like it's, it's amazing that that's still around, you know, that's such a testament, um, to, to, well, to Litecoin. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I would hold in crypto. You know, just, I mean, personally, me, ethically, but I'm, an, you know, I'm a guy that's big on kind of ethics and on my principles. Like, I really give a shit about my principles. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a pragmatist uh, at all, which I know most libertarians seem to be pragmatists, uh, which annoys me to no end. But, you know, whatever. Um, let's see. So, uh, yes, I, I may be experiencing gains in some crypto holdings, but, but I am going to cash out to dollars, maybe temporarily until I can buy back. Uh, the crypto at a lower USD price, but that strikes me as a dangerous game. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a dangerous game um, because, you know, to describe that, like holding in crypto, kind of the advantage of holding in crypto and doing sort of the long term, which is what I would do, you know, regardless of all the abstract notions that I just laid out. Um, the, you know, holding in crypto, like, so, well, I mean, you just, you know, look, look at any crypto, you know, even look at Ethereum, Look at, you can even look at a short one like Zcash, you know, look at Litecoin, look at Bitcoin. Like, I mean, if people bought Litecoin when it kind of, when it first came out, they may have felt, because there was a point where Litecoin got to like $50 a coin, right? They may have felt that, oh man, I really missed out on this, you know, uh, or, you know, and if they didn't cash out at 50, maybe they're expecting it to go up to a hundred. Um, they, I think a lot of those people, you know, might have some, uh, some remorse, you know, some investors remorse that they didn't get out at 50 bucks. Uh, but no, now, you know, two years later, it looks like Litecoin is going to be the reserve currency for Bitcoin, <laughs> right? Like, like Litecoin will be the bulwark to the, all the bullshit that's happening in Bitcoin. Uh, so, you know, people that held on all the same and went for a really long game in the orders of years, I think are really going to win out when it comes to Litecoin. And I think that can be true for a lot of cryptocurrencies. If the cryptocurrency has the right magic sauce, you know, has the right stuff baked into it. You know, and that that's that's where the investor needs to look into things. And and you can't just run off of features. Features aren't necessarily enough unless it's a feature that really like that, you know, people want that, say, Bitcoin doesn't have that. It just doesn't fucking have, you know, but it's got to be something that, you know, people want. Um, and usually you want it to be a feature that is like really technically hard. So there's not a bunch of competitors necessarily, uh, you know, on board or. Yeah. So anyway. Let's see, crypto is not, yeah, crypto is an unprecedented investment opportunity. So trying to look at it, historical performances, I worry may lead to mistakes. I'm more prone to buy and hold for the long term. Curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so, so there, these are my thoughts. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, looking at it historically, I mean, historically you can look at it and historically there's ups and downs and maybe historically even over two years, something has been at an all time low. That doesn't mean that something new can't come out that will, you know, some new development uh, because it doesn't rely on like Litecoin. It doesn't Litecoin doesn't just for an example, Litecoin doesn't need a Litecoin foundation. Any team could just suddenly swoop in, you know, any group of developers could kind of, you know, jump in and, you know, and really bring like a whole breathe whole new life into this stuff. Okay. And so cryptocurrencies are, are unique in that, you know, the way that they can gain new value out of nowhere, that's unprecedented. Like that, that's why, yeah, you know, you might not want to cash out of everything because something new can, you know, something totally new could come along, you know? Um, I mean, for an example, I'm not saying do this. Believe me, I'm really not saying do this, but I'm just saying like, say there was something like Blackcoin, like Blackcoin was kind of a, a new hotness for a, for a little while. Um, you know, somebody could come out with like, somebody could bake in Open Bazaar into Blackcoin or something, right? Uh, and I mean, like NXT tried to do that and it didn't take off, but somebody, you know, could put in like this really great implementation and maybe Blackcoin could suddenly have zero knowledge proofs baked in or whatever. And then suddenly Blackcoin, which other people thought was anathema, uh, you know, suddenly becomes the most valuable currency in the world. Right. And all it takes is like two, three people. It doesn't take an entire government. It doesn't take an army to say this has value. It just takes a few, you know, a couple, even one person, 
you know, to just make, you know, to really create this quantum shift in code that's been sitting around for a while that suddenly holds all new value and goes through the roof. So yeah, I mean, keeping your money within crypto, I think gives you, I mean, it's riskier than cashing out into dollars, but I think it opens up a lot more opportunities. You know, it's really like, you know, I think cash is a very binary thing. And if you're hanging out in crypto and sticking it with it and keeping it within crypto, you know, you're, you're, it's a quantum affair. Okay. Like, like, you know, the possibilities are almost nearly endless. It seems as to what investment opportunities could exist when you're staying within crypto, uh, you know, sooner or later, you got to cash out into something, but you know, Bitcoin and some other stuff. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, you're seeing it now, people are buying Teslas with, with Bitcoin and they're just buying them straight. They're doing a Bitcoin transaction. They're not, cashing it out into dollars to doing a Bitcoin transaction. And that's, that's becoming a really popular, you know, thing as well. And so uh, that's the other nice thing is that when you're within crypto, I mean, also, you know, here's another major advantage for it. Say, you know, you gotta, you gotta run, you know, and, and you want to hold on to your investments. You don't want it to be in cash because if you try crossing the border of say the U S you know, with cash, you can't cross with more than $10,000. And I guarantee you, if you have even less, they're, they're going to hold you up. They don't give a shit about legality. So yeah, you, you know, you want to have it somewhere, you know, to where you can access it at any point and nobody knows that you have it. Um, so I think sticking within crypto, I mean, there's advantages, disadvantages either way, but, but doing the investing within uh, the cryptocurrency space itself and kind of leaving it there. Yeah. I think that's totally valid. It's the route that I, that I personally like to go. Um, and yeah, there, there it is. You know, don't trust the exchanges though. Uh, this is another thing is that a lot of people will want to hold all this shit in exchanges. I, I wouldn't trust the exchanges with holding money for anything. Um, I would, I would absolutely, if you got it, you know, if you have to have a computer that's running 20 billion wallets or something, or I mean, the nice thing is you have like Jack's wallet now, right? That, that handles so many different currencies or something. Um, try to have that shit on your own. You don't have to have whole copies of blockchains or anything, but just really try to, you know, to have control over your crypto. Don't leave it on other sites. Don't leave it on exchanges. You know, don't, don't do that kind of shit. Uh, in, in, in my opinion, that's, that's just my, my opinion on it. Um, and as I've talked about in past Q and A's, I'm also not a huge fan of hardware wallets before anybody asks me that. Um, I, I do have, I have concerns over some hardware wallets. Uh, those concerns might not be so, so crazy if like, say a tech giant was making the hardware, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like you're putting some interesting trust in, I mean, hardware is very different from software. Developing hardware takes teams, like, and sometimes large teams, and it takes a lot of money. As to where developing software, you know, one person and a penny. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even take that. You know, it's it's so it's so easy. Uh, uh, yeah, so I have concerns about hardware overall. But anyway, so I, I hope that kind of answered it. Uh, you know, and I, I hope that gave you something, something to think about. Um, and yeah, cause in the U S you're right. It's hard to even cash out, you know, it's hard to get, to turn things into cash. Uh, so I would, you know, just chill in, uh, you know, chill in the crypto space and I mean, shit, you know, you can get stuff, you can get anything you need on Amazon, right. <laughs> With gift.com or e-gifter or whoever, uh, and you can go to target. If you got a super target near you. Yeah. I mean, like there, there's just so many great options as far as that goes that you really, I, I really think it's to the point you don't, you don't really have to leave the crypto space anymore. And, and it's in the U S I think it's, um, with what you're the, you know, the investment and holdings you're doing in the crypto space, it's dangerous to, to, to cash out. It's potentially dangerous. And, um, you know, also, yeah, I think with crypto long-term, like think super long-term, you know, in fact, there's, there's kind of the Bon Jovi had like these, these five golden rules and golden rule number four, which I, I followed these, you know, for, for, you know, a huge part of my life. Golden rule number four is think really long-term and he's talking in the order of decades. And I don't think that's a crazy thing to do, even with cryptocurrencies is to, is to think super, super long-term. You know, uh, I mean, maybe not decades, but most investors, you know, are, are trigger investors. Like they, they happen, they're trying to make these really quick day, day by day decisions when look, software development doesn't go day by day. Like, I mean, the very nature of the beast doesn't lend itself to, uh, you know, to kind of what in normal investing, the way, the way things kind of operate where like announcements do this and all that. I mean, like it's. Uh, in fact, you really want to be careful with that. Like Monero, they they pulled that bullshit 
uh, recently where the, the, I guess like the head developer at Monero, um, he, he played it up. Like there was going to be some big announcement. Monero's value could start skyrocketing. And then he said, oh no, it was all bullshit. You should only trust the code. If you don't see it in the code, don't pay any attention. Don't buy into the hype. And you know, the value of Monero instantly went down, you know? So, I mean, he, he, I, I thought it was a bullshit thing for him to do. Uh, there's somewhat of a point in there, I guess, but yeah, just think long-term with crypto. Don't, don't, don't get into hype cycles and all that. I mean, that's an easy way to invest in crypto is look for crypto that has an interesting feature set or a claimed feature set, wait for their ICO, buy into their ICO, and maybe even within like two hours, sell out, you know, and you could double, triple, quadruple your, you know, whatever you invested. But like, or maybe even just like wait a week and just sell the fuck out of it as soon as as soon as the you know they, they make any kind of presale available or something. Uh, I mean, th- like that's that's definitely one way to do things. You're not going to get the crazy gains that I think you could get if you did like a really long hold. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's definitely another you know another opportunity or another avenue that people could go. One that I don't like though because I mean that that that's so fucking risky. Uh, you know, really to do that because you might buy a lot into it and, you know, the, the ICO cash out, you know, the pump and dump might not might not pump, <laughs> you know, and then then you're left with crap that an exchange might not and nobody might even want to trade. Uh, so that's, you know, that that's that's kind of the issue with that. So, yeah, I, I, I think I, I pretty much agree with the emailer. I would go long. You know, I, I like to think long term on investments. Uh, absolutely. You know, I mean, you can pay attention to some news, but I don't know. Overall. I, I would think uh, I would be thinking long term. So, OK, uh, let's see. What what else do we have here? We're uh, almost at the hour, so let, let's let's wrap it up a bit. Uh, here's something else from the uh, community tab on Patreon here. Um, I'm not a big sci fi fan. I'm only a few epi- episodes in, but The Expanse is a great show. Uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, th- this is something I think, in fact, that's interesting because a lot of people are talking about that there's concerns about the ratings for The Expanse, for the show The Expanse, which The Expanse is based off of the novels uh, by James S.A. Corey, who's actually two authors. Um, it's not just one guy. But anyway, it's a, it is a seemingly, or it's, it's a, I shouldn't say it's popular. It's a very well-received show on Siffy uh, or what used to be called the Sci-Fi Channel. I call it Siffy now to insult it. Uh, but it is, it is many ways the only hard science fiction on television right now. Hard science fiction meaning that it deals with the realities of science. You know, the realities of the laws of physics, the realities of this. Uh, you know, it's not like all fantastical like Star Wars would be. Um, or, you know, Star Trek's really not considered hard science fiction either because you have warp drive. You have all these things that break the laws of physics. Um, not to say that The Expanse doesn't get into that realm, um, and I won't spoil anything, but... Uh, you know, it is it is effectively hard science fiction. I mean, you know, another example like Babylon Five. That's hard science fiction. You know, like I mean, and you can tell just by like uh, what is it the 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 fighters, the fighter ships in you know the starfighters in uh, in Babylon Five. Um, they're called starfighters. They have like four big engines, and they then they have like all these mini thrusters that allow for maneuvering. Like that's because they're taking into consideration how that kind of technology could actually work as compared to where it's just something that kind of moves in space and you don't know how, and only the engines in the back allow for that, which is largely fucking impossible. So anyway, uh, yeah, the expanse is, is really hard science fiction. I've talked about it uh, a few times, at least I've mentioned it. I'm sure. I don't know if I've done a full review necessarily in the past on sovereign tech, but I consider it, you know, with that, and we did the full review, Stephanie and I, which we got a lot of great response from, we did the full, the full review of sense eight, uh, the show Sense8, which is on Netflix, which is also made by the creator of Babylon 5, that being J. Michael Straczynski and the Wachowskis, uh, the makers of uh, The Matrix, of course. Um, they are the creators and writers and directors of The Matrix. Um, you know, Sense8 on Netflix, like that, Sense8 and The Expanse, I think, are just the two best TV shows, the two best shows series that you can watch right now. Uh, they're, you know, just rock, rock solid. Um, the expanse is going into uh, season three and uh, fortunately they did get a season three. There was some concern over that. Uh, there's a lot of story to tell here because there's a lot of books they still need to cover <laughs> with, um, you know, with, as far as uh, the expanse novels themselves. Uh, and I think the novels are great. I mean, all, all this stuff is really cool, but 
Yeah, so the expanse. I'm glad people are enjoying it. I've had a, I've I've had a few questions ever since my Sense Eight review of other people saying, "Hey, what else are you into? You know, what else you want to check out?" I've done some of the top eights. Uh, in fact, we talked about this on the live hangout Q and A yesterday. Um, there is one patron, and the the public key to get access to this is in uh, it's in the show notes for every Q and A episode. Um, RetroShare, which is an interesting software. You, Look it up if you don't know about it. I talked about it recently. Um, I've talked about this whole thing I'm about to talk about recently. Um, but anyway, he's making available through RetroShare, which is this ability to, to share files. And it, it does fucking does everything. It's an internet replacement, in my opinion. It's, it's just incredible. Uh, or a worldwide web replacement, I should say. Um, he's making available everything, like every show that I talk about, or, well, he's trying to make them all available anyway. You know, all the stuff that I talk about, the things that I list off, like all the movies that I've done in the top eights and all the stuff in like books or, you know, whatever else he, he makes it all available for people to get, you know, you can, you can get your hands on. You don't have to worry about, you know, torrents or anything like that. It just gets all done through RetroShare. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had people, you know, ask me like what other things to, uh, to check out. I had some people recently say they started watching the original Battlestar Galactica, not the bullshit from the sci-fi channel. And that was bullshit. It was a, a, just a horrendous show. Um, yeah, I got it. Look, look, Battlestar Galactica, the first couple seasons. I, yep. I'm with you. That was exciting. That was interesting. As soon as it got to season three, it just you know, went right out the boom tubes. I mean, it was, it was so terrible. And season four was even worse. Like, I mean, that is just, that is a shit show. You know, I, I get every, any, the, any reason that anybody likes Battlestar Galactica is because of the first two seasons and really maybe even just the first season. That's where its entire, uh, 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 you know, gravitas or, you know, any sense of, not gravitas, uh, its reputation, and any of its appreciation comes from. And I get so annoyed by that because it's like, okay, you had one great season, but that's all you had out of four goddamn years. And you had shitty movies. You had shitty everything else. Like, oh man, that drives me up the fucking wall. You know, as for other shows, they deliver regularly. Uh, you know, the, I mean, yeah, you can have like a bad first season, but as then as long as like, I mean, some people feel, I don't agree with this, but some people feel with The Next Generation, uh, with Star Trek The Next Generation, you have... Yeah, the first season sucks, but then after that, the first and second seasons are a little rough, but then after that, you've got a lot of great seasons. Okay, yeah, so then it can be a great show because maybe it just needed that buildup or something. It's where it's the exact opposite of Battlestar Galactica. You had one great season, and then everything fucking went to shit, you know, after the fact. And 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 bull, like, I, I, re- I can't, I look for it. I've looked for it online. Like, explain to me. How seasons three and four, and, and don't say season three is great because it, it addressed the Iraqi occupation. The bullshit it did. It didn't do it in the way that science fiction is supposed to do. Science fiction is supposed to do it without being a hammer on your head. Okay. It's supposed to do it in like a kind of a, a like you don't even notice. It's supposed to be subversive. You don't even notice that it's addressing, um, you know, what's happening in Iraq or anything. No, they, 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 it was open. It was disgusting how open it was that they were talking about that. Uh, but anyway. And then season four, nobody can defend season four. Nobody does. Oh, that show is so terrible. Wow. I wish people would just admit it and stop, like, stop, you know, salivating over it just because a bunch of, you know, uh, you know hot women will cosplay as Starbuck or something, right? Man, be honest. <laughs> just say it. No, the show sucked. <laughs> like, it had a, I mean, and, and it has no... It, it doesn't, kind of like I talked about with Sensei, it doesn't have that rewatchability, right? It doesn't, like, you can, you can watch it, you can watch it once, and then you can maybe watch it one more time to see, like, how all that stuff interlaced, even though Ron Moore will tell you he, he did not have a plan, even though he made a movie and really just made a mockery of himself called The Plan. He's, he's full of it. He's so full of it. Oh, I get so mad about that show because everybody talks about it like it's the fucking second coming, which I wish it was Battlestar Galactica, the second coming, but it's not. Uh, it's Be honest with yourself. The show sucks. <laughs> I mean, it just, yep, you had a good first season. Second season was all right. Having Commander Kane, you know, be a lesbian was pretty cool. I'm with you. All right. But otherwise, the show was fucking garbage. Uh, so anyway, okay, sorry. That's not what I wanted to get into. Um just if you've never heard me talk about it, there you go. The Expanse is way better than that <laughs> for, for a million reasons. In fact, I don't think The Expanse could, The Expanse, in fact, can't go down the same bad path 
that Battlestar Galactica had because you have the novels and they have to largely follow the novels and they said they're going to. Whew. Anyway, okay, so what else do I recommend? Um, yep, I've been checking out The Handmaid's Tale. Of course, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the book, The Hand, Handmaid's Tale by uh, Margaret Atwood. I've been a fan of that book for a long time. Um, the TV show is pretty good. There you go. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I'd call it the greatest you know show on television right now, but it's pretty good. Um, and let's see. Yeah. So, okay. So a show that maybe you didn't know that I've recommended in the past that you might want to check out. Here's the thing. You've got to be willing to watch really, really bad effects and maybe even some cheesy acting at certain points. But one of the best shows that you could ever see is Blake seven. And it is, I mean, it's not like hard, hard science fiction, but it's certainly harder science fiction than most. Um, there it's a dark show. It's a very sardonic show, and it came out in the 70s. It's made by Terry Nation, who's known for his work with Doctor Who, of course, uh, back in the 70s. You know, back when Doctor Who was actually Doctor Who, and it's not this modern bullshit that... Does anybody else... You know, let me know. All right, I'm going to wrap this up here. But does anybody else go to io9, you know, the site io9.com, and do you get sick of the weekly posts of, we have to talk about last night's Doctor Who? Like that's how they title every single fucking one. And I can't even imagine how many, how many hits they get on this stuff. It's like, well, why do we have to talk about it? And then if you even like click on it, it it's always some mundane, you know, horseshit crap. It, it's a total click generator. And oh man, that, that, that's the kind of shit on the internet that just drives me, drives me up the wall. Uh, sorry, I'm getting, getting, <laughs> you think I get angry about anarchy stuff? Boy, Talk to me about science fiction sometime. I, I am a bit. I I am a big fan of science fiction. I appreciate that the other person isn't so big into sci-fi, and it's cool that they dig the expanse because a lot of people were worried that the expanse would only appeal to people who aren't into science fiction or who are into science fiction heavy. Uh, but this listener and I, I love you for it. You're you know you're obviously like no no I'm I'm not in big into science fiction, but I get this. This is awesome. So that's that's good. That that breaks that mold uh, pretty easily. But. All right, look, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to even finish my thought. I'm not going to get into it. I, just so much modern shit. Anyway, so Blake 7 is an awesome show that I think anybody should check out. You are going to have to, you pretty much are going to have to torrent it. I mean, you can get, I think they have the DVD sets out there that maybe aren't a terrible price, but this was a show that used to be very hard to get in the United States. It was almost impossible to see. Um, I've told the story in the past about how, you know, when I was a young man, I like I paid for it to effectively get smuggled out of the UK. I paid for, you know, like like VHS made copies. I mean, this was not a cheap enterprise on my part uh, to get smuggled out of the UK, you know, because you just couldn't get your fucking hands on this show. But I knew about it and you'd hear about it at conventions, at science fiction conventions and everything. It's like, oh, this is like the best show ever, you know. And, you know, it lived up to every ounce of the hype. Uh, in fact, there's there's a one of the lead characters in it, it has a pretty diverse cast. Um one of the lead characters in it, Kara Avon, is, I mean, like I've patterned, I, I've tried to pattern half my life after that guy. <laughs> he's, he's so cool. Uh, I mean, and a total egoist. You know, if you ever want to see like the embodiment in fiction of, of Max Stirner's like egoist dream, just look at Kara Avon. That guy is as egoist as they, he is the ultimate egoist uh, in fiction, in my opinion. I mean, like just straight up, he, he absolutely is. Uh, so Blake Seven is a lot of fun. Has to do with you know kind of a, a, a one ship rebellion against a, a, a tyrannical empire. Um, I mean, it's again you got to get past the hokey effects. You got to get past you know maybe some rough acting here and there. Rough acting. I mean, it was fine acting in its day. Just today, it's you know might be seen as hokey um, or campy or something. There's some episodes that might be a little bit weak, but overall, it is just top notch drama. Uh, and there's some really dark shit uh, that happens in it that you don't even get in science fiction today. Uh, so I, I think it's a really cool show. If you know, I used to advertise for it because there's there's um, like audiobooks that continue. Well, they're they're novels, but then there's also audiobooks like there's Liberator Chronicles and all that stuff. There's there's an entire media empire that has been built around Blake Seven of extra content, novels, audiobooks, audio plays, uh, you know, and all of that. Uh, the Sci-Fi Channel has threatened <laughs> i'll say to remake it in the past they've never they've never actually uh, uh you know pulled the trigger on that thankfully in my opinion because there's nothing wrong with the original in fact i don't know if the sci-fi channel even in the sci-fi channel's heyday back when it was cool back when it was called the sci-fi channel um i don't think they've even ever played blake seven 
which is interesting in itself. Um, and I don't know if Blake Seven's on Netflix either, but I, I would, this is a show, if you want to see like that rare science fiction show and one actually that a lot of people might not have seen, but that is, that is really that cool. Uh, I totally recommend Blake Seven. Um, okay. Yeah, we, we, we can wrap this up. I was going to do a little review, uh, because I've been watching it over and over again of the, the last Jedi, uh, trailer, but I think I might've talked about that recently on a, on a uh, maybe I didn't get into it on the star Wars update, but I, I, I really enjoyed that, that trailer. There's a whole lot to take away from it. Can't wait to see another one. So, okay, that's it. That's it for, for this week. There's, there's your Q and a talk a little crypto investing, talk a little torrents, made some corrections because unlike other people, I can admit when I, when I'm a little off base. I can. So, and there you go. Uh, yeah. And of course I have other, other content that'll be getting released, uh, this week. I need to go see Wonder Woman, um, you know, an all new Sovereign Tech, of course, every Saturday, it'll be here for you. Can't wait for you here. Cause I got some great, great stories. I will see you on the other side. Just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com, that's S-O-V-R-Y-N Tech.com, and connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the evolution.